Warning! What you are about to hear contains explicit language, adult themes, and potentially disturbing content. The views and opinions expressed are those of the hosts and do not reflect the opinions of anyone else, anywhere, ever, in the history of the world. This podcast is intended for an immature audience and should not be listened to by anyone, anywhere, ever, in the history of the world. You know, fuck it. You've been warned. I hate that she talks in our ear now. I hate it. Fucking hate it. This is the best start of any show we've ever done. Fantastic. It's the nicest voice I've had in my ears all night. (laughs) Hello and welcome to this week's edition of Geek Pod. I'm your host, Paul. I'm Hugh. Corbs. I'm Kevin. Guys, it's got you geeked. I am so excited about this. You guys are familiar with the soda, Pepsi Zero, right? Yes. Well, recently, regular Pepsi released a mango variant. And I was so sad because I can't have it because it has sugar in it. And then I went in the store and I saw Pepsi Zero Sugar Mango. This is the best soda ever. It is so good. It is so much better than even Mountain Dew. Um, I mean, Mountain Dew can just go suck webcam Nick's dick after this stuff. I mean, this is amazing. I love it. Mangoes. Mangoes. Never get out of the boat. (laughs) As he pounds it down. Um, Okay. Pepsi, mango, Pepsi. Really? Yeah. Yeah. It's really that good. I even thought it it was weird. Mango's my favorite fruit. And I was like, I I, I wanted to try it, you know, but I wasn't going to buy a full sugar soda. The other thing I'm excited about um, actually already happened. Um, I I didn't know that this was going to happen, but Amazon released uh, Spiral uh, from the Book of Saw yesterday. No kidding. Rental. Yeah. I didn't think it was going to be available for rental till the end of uh, the month. So uh, we watched that last night. Uh, Was very excited about that. A good movie. I'm not going to say it's the best Saw movie. It's definitely different. Uh, it has a, a different kind of spin on thing. It is kind of an offshoot. They're they're not even really considering it one of the main numbered entries, but it was good. It sets up a sequel. Uh, very very happy uh, to see where it goes. Uh, so yeah, if you're a, a Saw fan or a horror fan, it's worth checking out. It's definitely it's interesting knowing that Chris Rock came up with this idea, pitched this yeah this idea, and he's the reason it got made. That kind of blows my mind. That's really cool. And I didn't know that Sam Jackson was in this too until yeah. today. I, I saw it. 
just a still of it. And I was like, oh, wait, isn't that two? Yeah. With two eyes. Wow. <laughs> yeah, he does actually have two eyes, Paul. You mean that cat didn't really scratch it out? No. Fuck. That it wasn't a cat. Yeah, Flurkin. I would I would be Watch chastised. What? Watch your mouth. <laughs> Take the flurkin. What the flurkin? Um hold on, let me write that down. Kevin, what's got you geeked? Oh, I I I, I don't know. We we just went on vacation and then we're gonna and then I'm going on another one. So I guess I'm that's where my head is. Vacation part two? Yep, I'm going away with some friends. We're gonna do some uh, off-road riding down in PA. Nice. That's, trailering that's where again. My head's at. See again. You're trailering again, or are you just outright taking the bike this time? So uh, a buddy of mine has an RV, and uh, we're gonna pull my uh, my trailer behind it, and uh, his RV has a garage in the back. So. Wow. He's taking two bikes. I'm taking two bikes. And the third guy that's riding with us, um, he's taking one machine. I'm not sure if it's a motorcycle or an ATV. I'm not sure what it is. Um, we'll have more than enough room for whatever. Um, so, RV with a garage? Yeah, you know, the toy hauler. Um, so, a drivable RV, you know, engine in the front, but it's got a garage in the back, you know, place to put your. Uh, you know, whatever your motorcycle. I'm imagining something done in like Simpsons or Rick and Morty uh, animation with an RV actually towing a garage behind it. Hooked <laughs> up with a red not roof far from that. Wow. I, I yeah, didn't not know far that from that. Yep. Yeah. It'll, it'll, um, three guys in it for four, four days, I think it is. It, it's going to look and smell like some of the worst garage you've ever seen. So I'm really, really looking forward to it, actually. I guess that's to be expected. Yeah. I don't know, man. I'm a musician. I have been in some pretty awful garages for extended oh, yeah. periods okay. of time. You, you know exactly what I'm talking about. <laughs> they're the kind of garages where there, there's a salamander in the corner to heat it up so that we can actually play because it's negative 15 outside. Yeah. Right. I, I've seen some of those ones too. That's, yeah. <laughs> Is that puke, dog shit, or did someone just light a blunt? You know, it's, it's. <laughs> <laughs> Corbs, what's yeah. got you geeked? Uh, I got nothing today. Nothing's got you geeked. No, he's a, a little yeah. irritated though. So you're tweaked about something. Let yeah. let us let us know. You want to know what's got me tweaked? Yes. It it drugs. What? Drugs. Never mind. Bad joke. You don't. Oh, <laughs> we were all worried about you for a second. No, so uh, as you guys know, my job allows me to work from home, or is supposed to allow me to work from home. Let's preface that. Yeah. So I got two brand new monitors, all the cables to hook it up. I got a brand new laptop, well, newer laptop. Um, and I have uh, a dock for the laptop. And basically a mini desktop. It's called the Z3. Okay. And you're supposed to hook it all up, and you're supposed to be able to use it. Right? Generally, yeah. So I have it all hooked up. My laptop works, but both monitors don't fucking work. You should probably call a help desk. I did call the help desk. <laughs> I thought he was the help desk. I'm the help list desk. 
So I called them. So in essence, the next person in line is the PC techs for our area. So you're supposed to, they're supposed to be able to remote in and help you. So I have everything hooked up. I came home today at lunch because my Z3 wasn't working. And I asked networking why it wasn't working. They're like, oh, it's not on the network. Okay. You gave it to me four weeks ago. Why the fuck wasn't it on the network four weeks ago? Now, I granted, I didn't hook it. I, the first time I hooked it up was over the weekend, but it wasn't working. And I needed to get other cables. I needed to get networking or you know, Ethernet cables and all that happy horseshit to get everything connected. So I finally got all that stuff connected and it wouldn't, it wouldn't work. Nothing I did would make made it work. I updated the drivers, all that shit still doesn't work. So I, we have Messenger that we can use between people in the office and our associates out in the field. So I email, I messaged one of the guys in the PC techs or our tech area and said, okay, I'm at home. My monitors don't work. I've updated the drivers. What's the first thing he asked me if I did? Have you turned it off and back on again? Have you updated the drivers? Yes, I said, I, I did everything. Updated the drivers, power cycled everything, disconnected everything. The very first thing he just said, should update the drivers. I uh, nearly threw the laptop across the room. I, I can fix it. <laughs> can you? Mm-hmm. Not right now. He's a little busy, but. Just, Paul, he, he, I can fix anything. Just about. You know, Corbs, yeah. throw, throw, toss all that stuff. I read about an app today called Immersed, which you basically can hook up to your computer into like an Oculus uh, Quest 2 headset, and boom, you've got like five different virtual screens coming off your computer without any extra hardware, and you fucking move them around. There's a virtual keyboard. You can whiteboard shit. You can have other people come in and actually look at your presentations, and the idea is that it closes you off, so while you're working from home, you're not distracted, but it looks really fucking cool. Are we talking like minority report kind of shit where these like grabbing stuff and moving it? And yeah, yeah, yeah. Basically it's showing like five different screens, grabbing one, move it over, you know, showing it to somebody, somebody else comes in to the meeting from home, but they have an avatar. Uh, so they're, they're looking at it and the person showing them everything on there, but yeah, it looks really neat. All right. Kevin, Kevin's looking it up right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, yes. Immersed spelled just like the, the word. He's He's going to, Implement it for the lawyers. That would be the way to go. Next episode, he's going to have you, a, a VR headset on, and we're going to be in, in there for him. I'm telling you, we have we have some uh, people where we work. I'm just going to leave it like that. I'm not going to specify what class of people they are that that would like this because, according to them, our equipment is so horrible that they can't do anything. Yeah. So if we yeah. gave them this equipment and they had five monitors and the ability to do all this work all at, all at the same time, and they were all of a sudden, you know, it, it, it enabled with all of this wonderful technology, they'd probably just implode because they wouldn't be able to handle the... No, they would still complain it's not working fast enough or whatever. Right. Those are the people that are always complaining. I know those people talk to them all the time where, where I work. They're like, this, this isn't fast enough. And you're like in it and you're equipping through stuff. And like, well, we can't do it that fast. <laughs> right. 
What? I'm in your computer from my office in Syracuse and you're in Ohio. Um, and I'm working just as fast as, or not faster than you and being promoted in, it slows it down even a little bit more. So what, what do you mean you can't work as fast as I'm working? Stop being dummies. Bullshit. <clears throat> oh yeah. Sorry. Yeah. So that's, that's my, uh, so I'm supposed to work from home tomorrow, the next two days, because my mom's going on vacation. She's going on a trip with, a, with her best friend to New Hampshire. So I'm supposed nice. to work from home so I can be here for my son. And now it looks like I'm going to have to go in the office at least for half the day tomorrow because I can't get the fucking monitors. Right, because nothing's working. So, That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, that'll so wanna, piss you off. So I want to throw my dock against the wall. I went, I went to Lenovo's website. Because it's a, it's a Lenovo laptop with a ThinkPad. I downloaded all the, the, dry, the drivers right from Lenovo. Nope, no fucking work. Just, uh, just throwing that out there. Is there any chance you got the two power supplies mixed up? Because the one for the dock is a higher wattage. I don't believe it was, it was what was what was right. Was it out of, took it right out of the box? Put it on. Oh, right. okay. So yeah, because I've seen docks stop working if they didn't have like some of the features will work on them like yeah. if you if you connect the the lower wattage power supply some of the features will work but it won't be able to push a higher resolution monitor or right. two monitors it uh, kind of limps but, along yeah 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 i actually saw a dock like that today it's why i asked i saw a dock like that today in it it's a it's one of our older docks but it actually has a laptop power supply on it i couldn't figure out why I couldn't get enough power to this one machine I was trying to image. And I you know, had to move all this stuff around on this desk because there's a bunch of boxes that came in on one side of the desk. And there's another big box that's leaned up against the wall of the window. I had to move all that out of the way to get to where the dock was, so first of all. And then I had the laptop on there and the laptop just stopped working. And I'm like, what, what power? What's this power? I go underneath and look and I'm like, this guy's in IT? What the hell? He's one of our help desk guys, and he doesn't know how to hook up the power supply to the dock. So right. I'll just leave it at that. But that's I saw that today in our in our IT office in one right. of our one of the places where one of our uh, help desk people sit. Yeah, no, this is. I mean, I I did it, you know, methodically. I took the the Z3 out, hooked it up, power supply into it, plugged it in, and then I did the dock. So I made sure that everything was where it was supposed to be. So, and it's it's D, it's DP to DP, so DP from the monitor to the dock that's the best way to do it yeah with those but it, it's 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 claiming there's no dp in the monitor so when the monitor comes up it says there's no dp service i'm like no fuck you there's dp service i can see it oh so Dude, there's dp yeah. service all over the internet although i don't know what dp he'll he'll he'll, he'll, he'll no sure it's not that kind of show it's not that kind of show i mean it, it is, is that kind of show <laughs> Oh, that's it. So I, I talked to another guy. I talked to one guy, and that's the guy who told me to update the fucking drivers after I already did it. I talked to another guy there, and he's like, well, I'll give you a hand in the morning with it. So, But I get in at 6.30 in the morning, so nobody else gets in and nobody else gets in that early. He doesn't. Get, this guy doesn't get until like 8.30 or something. So I'm probably going to have to go to the office for a little while to do the work because I'm the first one in the office. I'm there from 6.30 until somebody comes in at 7. There's two people or one, two people come in at 7 and then everybody else comes in at 8. Then we got people on the West Coast. So, so I have to go in the office for a little while and then come back home to get it working so I can work from home. 
rest of the day and then I'll be in Friday. I can fix it. If you want to just call me tomorrow, I can help you. <laughs> if you're going to be home. When All you right. get home, he'll, he'll hook you up. <laughs> that's, what, that's where we're going with it. <laughs> Not with a DP. <laughs> hey, you said it. It's happening now. And I think he was on his way over to, to finish off that DP because he just left. Oh, there was back. a cat scratching at the door. I had to let Is that out. what you call it? Is that code? Yeah, that, that's what I call a four-legged furry thing with a tail whose food and litter box is behind me. Code. Anyway, so... That's what's got me tweaked. So. Um, I'm pretty psyched uh, for this. Um, now, we, we've... We've discussed these guys a few times now, but Dracula Jones, legendary Syracuse rock band, they've got a show coming up. Did you see this, Hugh? Yeah, I yeah. Uh, some podcast shared it. I don't know. Yeah, um, those dicks. What? Those dicks. Those dinks. Bunch of dumb assholes. Flirking dinks. Um, but they're playing Funkin' Waffles on uh, June 11th, 9 p.m. with uh, I think like three other bands. Yeah. Yeah. Um, not sure I'm quite ready to go attend a live show yet, but yeah, but I, I'd like to, I, I'd like to go see them because it's been 20 yeah. years at least or more because <laughs> they were just starting back up when show. COVID hit. Huh? Since you've been to a, it's been 20 years since you've been to a live show, a Dracula Jones live show. Okay. No, it's only been like two years since I've been to a live show. Unless it doesn't count, so. right? That doesn't exist. So, uh, but uh, yeah, and I'm even throwing a, a link up in uh, in the show notes for the the site for tickets. If anybody else wants to go check them out, you okay um, there? So, but excuse me, that's what's got me geeked. And uh, what are you guys playing right now? Hey, hold up, Paul. Before you do that, I just realized something. Something that should have been my my geek this week. I think. Do you recall what episode I started on? What was my first episode of GeekPod? Five. Oh, it was five. I thought it was four. That means next week is going to be my 100th episode of GeekPod. Woohoo! Bring this back around next week, then. I, I will. I will. <laughs> now, I had to throw it. I thought it was uh, episode four. No, nope, uh, episode five. I don't, I don't remember the title of it off the top of my head right now, but it was definitely episode five. I think it was, thank God Hugh came here to save us, something like that. No. Uh, yeah, I never get that wordy. <laughs> no, you get more like what the flirting. Right. Why why are you giving away our episode title now? <laughs> uh, so what what is everybody playing? And I'm gonna look right at Hugh because he's our most accomplished gamer out of the four of us. All right, well, a little less this week because um now that I'm uh, done with my sabbatical and back to work. Um, Damar and I are on the same schedule now. So well, basically she works an hour later than I do, uh, but I'm not getting to game all evening. I can't game all day because I'm working, obviously. And now that she's not working, we're doing stuff like spending time together as a family. Uh, but but she does. She is going to take some nights to do writing. So uh, I'm going to get to game more. Uh, but I, I played a little of Uncharted uh, 2 this week. I also started playing something called Agony, which I picked up on the, uh, the PlayStation Store. It was on sale for like three ninety nine, uh, because I was kind of in the mood for something uh, kind of like like Dante's Inferno. I wanted something you know very mature, very adult, very fucking horrifying visually. I haven't really had a chance to dig into it very much, uh, but apparently it's a really really nasty, ugly game. 
Um, not very good from what I've read about it, but it does have a depiction of a very hopeless um, depiction of hell. You're actually nice. a soul stuck, you know, pretty much alone in hell. And it's, you don't have weapons. You're basically hiding from things. If you die, you can possess some of the, the people you've run, you've run across. If you can find them in time, you know, before nice. your, your spirit's completely destroyed, but there's also like demons fucking other demons and all sorts of crazy shit going on in the background. It's, it's apparently really fucking nasty. Uh, so I'm, I'm looking forward to getting into some of that nasty. Uh, also this, uh, month's playstation plus games one of the games is star wars squadrons which i have downloaded i haven't fired it up yet because i'm looking forward to throwing on the psvr and playing that i have heard that it is very good in vr uh one of the best um, star wars sims out there you know as a vr game it actually rates higher than just a regular game uh, so I'm, I'm looking forward to that um haven't had a chance to do it yet but uh, maybe tomorrow nice um i should probably download that one too because I actually got it for Christmas and I haven't touched it yet. Um, but I was thinking, I mean, that's something. Can we all play together online? Everyone has PS so. Plus? Corbs? I think so. Nope. No PS Plus? I don't believe okay. in that shit. It exists. I'll just let you know. <laughs> <laughs> it's not fucking Bigfoot. <laughs> I believe in Bigfoot. Right. He believes in that over the PS Plus. You. <laughs> Bigfoot is, is he's real. He's out there. Yeah. I bet you he has a PS Plus account. Probably sure <laughs> Xbox Live. He's got it all. Squatch Live. Is that what you just said? Xbox Live. He's oh, got, he's, he's got PS Plus, Xbox Live. He's got it all. Look at him. He's mysterious. You don't know what he's what he does in his free time. You knew where he Maybe lived. that's why he's so hard to find because he's in playing games most of the time. Has that's anyone why. looked on Twitch? He's on Twitch. I said, has anyone looked on Twitch? We're all out in the woods looking for Sasquatch. Maybe we should be looking on Twitch. That might be it. Instagram? Squatch on Twitch. He's on there playing the forest or something. I don't know. He's probably playing something stupid like, you know, Puzzle Quest or Angry Birds and streaming it. And going, That's why he's so hairy. He doesn't ever shave. He just plays games all day long. Wait, that's me. So fuck. I'm, I'm Bigfoot on PlayStation Plus. <laughs> wow. My life has changed. I've been doing everything wrong. What have okay. I done with my life? <laughs> oh. uh, Corbs, what are you what have you been playing? Or oh. are you still at a standstill? I'm at a standstill. I haven't played yeah. any. It's hard when you go back to working for a living. He's playing DP to DP. No, there's that. <laughs> Yeah, no, it's it's. I haven't really had a chance to. Uh, 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 <laughs> <laughs> I think I broke Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, you did! <laughs> oh. Just picture the two of you trying to plug in a monitor. <laughs> You know, that new background is doing wonders for his performance. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. Yeah, so, I mean, nothing for me. I wanted to get back into playing. Like, I get home from work, and I'm like, I want to play some... No, I'm going to go to sleep instead. 
Yeah, the same. I, I, I did try to start um, Arkham Origin, and the fucking disc I got doesn't work. It won't get past uh, loading game data. So, but I, I have You're a out of hard drive space. <laughs> My PS3. There's <laughs> nothing on that. Um, but I, I do have an option. Um, um, our good buddy, uh, Carlton. He uh, he has a copy of it. He's gonna drop by Saturday, so hopefully it works. Hopefully for me. your PS3 disc drive didn't die like mine did last. God, time. I hope not. I was thinking about that when I was doing it. Where did you get the games, Paul? GameStop. Take them back. There's it. Those things you see. I mean, I legit paid ninety nine cents for it. Well, but they might have another copy. I had. They had to ship it down from Watertown. There wasn't any in the oh. Syracuse area. Uh, but you didn't well, also buy it like five months ago. No, no. Origins what? was just literally like a month ago. Are the Syracuse stores closed yet? Or they're no. not closing the GameStop stores? It was just the uh, Think Geek and the other ones. Think Geek's definitely gone. Yeah, that's not in the mall anymore. So no. GameStop stock is on its way back up. So Hughes been so, at it again. AMC, holy crap! I. I yeah. Dropped twenty dollars on on AMC uh, and Nokia stock a few months ago when we were talking about this, and it's like one hundred and fifteen bucks today. So it went that high. Last I saw, it was seven. Wow. Yeah. Well, my no, the I, this is both Nokia and AMC combined. Oh, oh, okay. But but still, I I dropped like twenty bucks, and now I've I've made almost a hundred bucks. You know, should I cash out at this time? But I'm gonna I'm gonna have diamond hands and hold on with the other apes and see where this goes. There you Dude, go. I, I uh I I bought a bunch of AMC. God, I don't even know how long ago. Um, and I, I saw I had like fifteen hundred dollars in equity in it just today, and I'm just like fuck it, and I dumped it. Um, I set a I set a buy or I set a sell pretty high. I thought it was high, and it freaking hit that like within a half an hour after I set the sell order, and then um it kept going up, and I was like oh fuck, I, whatever. I made my money on it. I'm happy. Yeah, turned your money around. I, I invested it into um, some uh, cannabis growing operation. Perfect. I mean, it's, it's, they're legit. Though. It. They're legit. It's not. It's not Joey next door. I was gonna say you didn't give it to your drug dealer. Mm-hmm. Not to his plug. What? Sorry, I just I just found out that that's a that's the 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 hot new slang term for your drug dealer. That's that's your plug. Your plug. Your plug. At our age, that means hair replacement i thought it was something you have to remove before you can get the dp to dp to work uh, the theme <laughs> for the night yes <laughs> <laughs> that's got to pretty be a pretty tricky situation to negotiate paul i mean it is i mean that's 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 a tough one <laughs> um all right so uh what i have been playing for the last few days um is Jurassic World, the mobile game, and it's it's literally yeah, the fucking kids, they're all about dinosaurs now, and so I put it on there to show Kylie, and now I'm hooked on it, and it's you're literally building the park. That's all it is. It, it's it's one of those like basically amusement park tycoon kind of games, but like I'm hooked on it because you 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 acquire your different dinosaurs. And then you can make the dinosaurs fight and you get more points for it and all that. And then you're, you're building the park and you got to make the park look cool. And then, of course, the more the higher you get in the levels, you get cooler dinosaurs. Like I got I got five more levels and I can get some velociraptors, which is important. 
goes installing. Perfect. <laughs> um, I'm just gonna start playing it. So you guys go ahead. <laughs> right, he's done with the show now. This is what he's doing. He'll just do a few grunts and groans and every now and then, and <clears throat> be good to go. <clears throat> Um, but yeah, it's it's a pretty cool game. I'll have a link to that as well. Um, and can, it's can you just go to the Play Store and get it. Yes, or because I have an Apple, it's the App Store. Well, this uh, isn't another one of those yes. freaking Russian games where they just put different pictures over the same freaking builder game, is it? I don't know. I don't play any of the other builder Probably. games. Um, but yeah, that that's the one I'm going with now. Um, I. Th- Kev, do you have enough time to do your uh, tabletop review before we go to a commercial break in eight minutes? Yeah, because it's quick. Um, okay. So uh, I talked about Castle Panic before, and it's a really it, – it, the thing to remember about Castle Panic is it's a great game if you want a board game for people that don't want to spend a lot of brain power on learning how to play a different board game that they've ever played before. It's, it's, a, it's a good beginner to lower intermediate – um uh player level i mean from from you know three to six or eight players i think is something like that um well castle panic has uh or i should say fireside games has a um kickstarter right now for a new version of castle panic and i don't just mean um uh, expansions i mean a brand new castle panic release that they will not be selling in retail. They're selling it right now. I think there's only a few hours left. When I looked earlier um, before we started, it was 20 some hours, 25 hours to go on the, on the Kickstarter to get it at the prices they're offering right now. Um, And the Kickstarter has different levels for different things. And after the Kickstarter is done, it will only be available on the Fireside's website. So it'll be at a, at a, at a little bit more, a little bit higher price than what you're, what you're able to get it for through the Kickstarter, you will not be able to get it through retail unless you are a retailer and you buy in at the retail level. There is a retail level in the Kickstarter. And I want to read you just this one little part about what it says about what this particular uh, Castle Panic Deluxe has to offer. It is an upgraded version of Castle Panic and all its expansions. It's still the same great game, but now with new art, plastic walls and towers for the castle wooden monster tokens and monster minis with unique damage tracking spinning bases so what you're getting now is instead of the two-dimensional artwork and pieces that you have with the game uh some of the center pieces have little bases on them you set the little cardboard um uh, towers or or walls up on um, and all of the all of the typical game pieces are all um, little cardboard um, pieces for the monsters, et cetera. Now you're getting these plastic, little plastic statues, and they have a little spinning base for the, uh, the, the damage on the monsters. You can track it that way. Um, I think an industrious person could even paint some of these, and I think it's exactly what they're set up for. And there's different levels. So the first level... You know, there's a couple of levels you don't really get anything. It's just kind of back in the, the whole thing. And then one of the first levels where you get the game is just the game and the wooden play pieces. So instead of cardboard, they're wood and uh, they're very colorful. Um, then there, there's a special game mat, um, which uh, I believe goes under the board. 
Um, and there's some other perks. Depending upon how much you want to spend, you can even get the expansions added to it. And I believe, although I can't really find on the site where it says for sure, but I believe the expansions are done the same way with the same sort of um, plastic miniatures and um, and uh, wooden wooden uh, tokens, the little the little uh, little pieces, little game pieces. Um, and there's a new box. It's a brand new box. Um, it looks pretty nice. If you're a Castle Panic fan. Uh, this might be something you might be interested in. If I had played the game, and, and, I'm, and I'm being very serious about this, if I had played the game with friends and I was interested in getting it for myself and I hadn't already spent as much as I have on the game, I would buy this. Uh, having two versions of it really doesn't do anything for me. Hard to justify. It, yeah, I'm really, not, I'm really not that big a fan. Um, it's a fun game. It is worth having. Having two of them is really not something that I think that I'm interested in. But had I played the game and I liked the game as much as I do, I would definitely pick this up. The, the link is in our show notes. But if you just go on Kickstarter and you look for Castle Panic Deluxe, you'll find all the information. Again, you've only got another, uh, another day or so. So by the time this publishes, you might miss out on it. But that doesn't mean you're going to miss out on, on the deluxe version. Deluxe version. You can go to Fireside, uh, Fireside Games, I believe, is the, uh, the uh, publisher of this game. And you can go there and you can see about picking it up uh, from there. Or maybe one of your retailers uh, close to you will buy the retailer's package and actually have some of these they'll be able to sell in their store. At the Very same cool. price, at least the same markup that the regular non-Kickstarter version is, I'm sure. Without Maybe, a doubt. You know, yeah, I would, I would imagine they would probably ask something like, yeah, I hope they wouldn't want to mark it up too much. I mean, the reality is the people that are going to be going after this game, they're not hardcore. I mean, maybe they're hardcore board game players and they want to play all the different board games there are, but they're not, in my mind, they're not the, the folks that are out after these you know, really, really high-end, uh, you know, uh, fantasy experience board games. Maybe I'm wrong, but just my just guess. Uh, it game. does look really cool. Yep, I, I gotta tell out. you, and it's a great game. I, I've I've gotten to play test it with Kevin, and it's it's a, not the deluxe edition, the regular edition, and it's a really fun game. We had a blast. That's right. You did. Uh, you and your wife, you get a chance to play it. Yes. And would you agree that it's it's at the um, beginner, lower, intermediate level of learning how to play? Kristen figured it out quick. Yes, is what. Oh, wow! Ouch! That's bad. That's bad. But I'm not wrong, unfortunately. So I mean, I, I, I'll be honest too. My wife, she doesn't really have uh, a desire to learn a more difficult game. She doesn't want to get so involved. She starts forgetting features and, and, mm-hmm. and facets of the game because, I mean, that doesn't, that's not fun if one person, you know, masters it and everybody else has just like got a rudimentary understanding of what's going on. It's fun if you just want to win all the time, but it's not that much fun <laughs> if you want to just have a really good game experience with uh, some friends, uh, you know, right. around the table and a fun evening. Yes. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's definitely a good one that anybody can jump into, have a good time with it. It's a lot of fun. Um, so, yeah. Deluxe. We're not going to get it, yeah. but it looks really cool. I wish I wish I knew somebody that had played it and liked it and would buy it. <laughs> hmm. I wish I did too. 
All right, guys, stay tuned. We'll be right back with Hughes News. Looking for the hottest new comic on the shelf or a key back issue to complete your run? How about that rare statue or action figure that you've scoured the internet looking for? Come to Collectibles Galore, located in North Syracuse with ample off-street parking. Collectibles Galore has a huge selection of comics, toys, and rare pop culture items you won't find anywhere else. Comics Galore is always buying comics and toys and will give you the fairest price for your collection. New customers get 15% off their first purchase in-store. Collectibles Galore for all of your pop culture needs. Stop in and see for yourself why Collectibles Galore is the king of comics. So it is news time, kids. There's a lot to catch up on. So before Paul puts that background file in your Google Drive folder, let's get started. Uh, first up, everything old is new again. We have a new Space Jam coming, a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles CGI reboot from Seth Rogen, of all people. The new Indiana Jones movie starts filming next week, and we are waiting on a Spider-Man trailer. Anyone feel like we've been here before? And to top this all off, there's an extended cut of Super Mario Brothers movie with 20 minutes of extra footage that hasn't been seen before coming out because we know what really matters. Next up, a trailer for Horizon Forbidden West, a sequel to uh, Horizon uh, Dawn, Horizon Dawn, I believe it was, came Zero out Dawn. at Sony's Zero Dawn, that's it, came out at Sony's State of Play event this past week. Now, this immediately caused a controversy as fans were upset that the female lead character, Aloy, looked different. Now, I normally don't side with the the racists, the bigots, and, and all those people. Uh, I will play devil's advocate sometimes, but there is something about the argument that uh, a lot of the, I mean, let's call it, I, I, I'm part of it, but I have to say the left, that, that's where it's coming from, the, uh, the, the, the liberal media, I guess. Is it wrong to have a problem with a video game character looking a little heavier? No. But what they're throwing up there is a picture of Aloy in the new game, where she looks much chubbier. Her face is fucking huge compared to what it was in the last game. And a picture of fan art, something a fan made, which is complete and utter bullshit, okay? Fans always, I mean, look at the, the fan art of Lara Croft. She's never looked like that in any of the Tomb Raider games. Now, if you if you look it up, you look up uh, Horizon uh, Forbidden West, uh, Aloy Controversy or whatever, you can see people have done a side-by-side -side with the actual original game. And it is different. It is significantly different. Um, they've tried to say, well, because the PS5 and the newer consoles are more powerful, that you're seeing more detail and things like that. But no, I, I'm sorry. Her face is as wide as mine, okay, in, in the new game. And it didn't look like that in the original game. So they do have a point. Now, should they be upset uh, about whether or not a, a video game character is staying in shape? You know, I mean, that's that may be what really matters as well. I don't know. Uh, but I don't think it's wrong to point out that there is a huge jump and a difference in the character from the last game to this one. Uh, it just bothers me that the the argument uh, against these people having a problem with it is very disingenuous when they're not actually comparing pictures of the old game to the new game. Now, you, you nodded your head, Paul. It sounded like you'd actually have seen something like this. Actually, I saw that article earlier today with the people bitching that she doesn't need to be wearing makeup and blah 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 with the fan and, art and, and and that's not even the point the point right. is i mean the, the character looks like they put on about 60 pounds 
And uh, this is a character that's like living like a jungle woman fighting for her life every single day. It's, it's, it's weird. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I can't imagine that somebody at some point while they're making the game weren't like, uh, Hey guys, this looks like a completely different person. Almost, um, you know, something looks off, uh, but we'll see how that all pans out. Finally, a sit down with an ultraviolently challenged person. Uh, after working so hard to get back the rights to her Vampire Chronicles so a faithful adaptation can be made, it was announced that Anne Rice's interview with the Vampire TV series is making some big, big changes to the story. Uh, first of all, they're making white slave owner turned vampire Louis, played by Brad Pitt in the first movie, Black. I don't think that's a problem. I mean, it's a little weird. There were black slave owners, so it's there, there's a historical precedent for this. Uh, so, I, I, you know, it's different than the book, but I don't think that's a big deal. The second thing is, though, they're making the interviewer who was played by Christian Slater in the original movie uh, starring Brad Pitt and Tom Cruise. Uh, they're looking for somebody in their 70s, and this is apparently his second interview. Like, he did the original interview, and then um, – his jur- he, he his journalism career was torpedoed because of drug use and bad decisions. And then years later, he's coming back and doing a second interview uh, with Louis. Um, now, I don't care about the skin color, but I think adapting the story actually matters. And I don't know if any of you have read the Vampire Chronicles, but uh, the, the first book is, you know, from Louis's perspective, he's being interviewed. Um, by a Daniel, I think the guy's name is. Uh, the second book picks up with Lestat's point of view, and it's really no longer an interview. It's just him. And from that point forward, the books continue like that. Knowing the books like I do, I cannot think of a reason to push that far into the future uh, for this book series, because really, Louis's perspective was only that first story, and it was only really backstory for the most part. The rest of it is all Lestat and it happens after that. So, and Louis's not a part of all those stories. So I, I'm really flummoxed by this. I, I'm not sure where they're going with it. And, you know, she fought tooth and nail to get these rights back in order to make this the way, it, you know, she thought it should be. So it's really weird to read that she's allowing them to make such big changes to the story that don't need to be there. I mean, adapt the book. That's all you have to do. Make anybody black or gay that you, they're vampires. They're all already gay anyway. So that doesn't matter. But, you know, there, I cannot think of a reason to change the story like this. Um, anyway, that's the news, kids. Now brace yourselves for all the sizzling hot fan art of Kirby Howell Baptiste's death and Mason Alexander Clark as desire in Netflix Sandman to blow a Pride Month-sized hole in social media's collective backside. Paul? In other news, loofahs are vegetables. Back to you, Corbs. How is that? All right. So I got nothing after that. <laughs> You've got me. I don't need my loop anymore. So, so I'm rubbing a cucumber on my ass every day when I take a shower? Mm. Yep. Uh, mm. Exactly. I was hoping you'd go there. <laughs> All right. So this week we're going to do a, my movie is The Negotiator. I don't know how you come back from Lufa is a vegetable, but I'm sure you can negotiate that. <laughs> I'm going to negotiate my way around this right now. So uh, it was released in 1998, July 29th, 1998, uh, directed by F. Gary Gary. So Sam Jackson and Kevin Spacey. Uh, Sam Jackson is a hostage negotiator, basically the best hostage, hostage negotiator in Chicago. Uh, he's a bit of a cowboy but he is also um, peerless and handler of life and death situations. Uh, basically, he is accused of killing his partner and embezzling money 
from their disability fund from the, the police department. Um, so the hostage negotiator becomes a hostage taker. In the in the movie, he takes hostage. He takes uh, the I uh, internal affairs, so IE director hostage, a couple of other uh, his secretary, and then two informants uh, hostage. And it just the movie goes about how he tries to prove his innocence for, for being framed, killing his best friend and partner. Um, how he finds out that it's the guys in his own unit that are the ones embezzling money and trying to frame them for it. Um, he brings in, um, he asks for another hostage negotiator to come in um, to help with the situation. So uh, the number two hostage negotiator is Kevin Spacey. Um, they bring him in to negotiate because he has a history of not using violence and that's what Danny doesn't want. Sam Jackson's character doesn't want. He wants to be able to prove his innocence and he has to figure out how to do it. He's got to figure out, you know, he's got to find information and evidence that proves that he isn't the one doing it. And it just, it's a good movie. Um, in the end, obviously you find out that it, he, he did get framed by guys in his own unit. Um, but, uh, so it's a decent movie. Um, I'm probably give it, I don't know, for doing out of five, I'll probably give it like two and a half. Um, when it's on, I do watch some of it. I don't watch it all. Um, some good parts and stuff in there, but it's not a bad movie. So, <clears throat> um, your good buddy Roger Ebert. He's dead. Yes, <laughs> still, he likes it more than you. Uh, he gave it three and a half stars. He doesn't know anything. <laughs> And he has this to say, the negotiator is a triumph of style over story and of acting over characters. The movie's a thriller that really hums along, and I was intensely involved almost all the way. Only now, typing up my notes, do I fully realize how many formula elements it contains. Consider, in the opening scene, a Chicago police negotiator named Danny Roman, played by Samuel L. Jackson, calmly talks with a madman who has taken his own daughter hostage. The siege ends in victory, just as it does in every other cop movie. The next scene, of course, is the cops celebrating in a bar and watching coverage of themselves on TV. There's always one sorehead who makes a point of not celebrating the hero's triumph. Pay close attention to this character. Who is the false villain and there to throw you off track? Next major sequence. Hero cop faces sudden disgrace. Is accused of embezzling funds from police pension fund is framed to look like a bad guy, has no friends anymore. I don't have to tell you this always leads to the gun and badge scene in which the hero drops the tools of his trade on the chief's desk. The film now moves quickly towards its central notion, which is that one that one trained negotiator faces another one, meaning that men understand each other's strategies. Roman, facing jail as the victim of a frame-up, takes hostages including Nibom, played by the late J.T. Walsh an investigator looking into the missing pension fund. Roman says there is only one negotiator he will deal with, Chris Sabian, played by Kevin Spacey. A man who is not part of the department and unlikely to be in on the frame-up. Until Sabian's arrival on the scene, the, the negotiator has been assembled from off-the-shelf parts, but then the movie comes alive. There's chemistry between the negotiators, played by Jackson and Spacey. Sometimes they seem to be communicating in code or by the looks in their eyes. The screenplay by James DeMonico and Kevin Fox shows evidence of much research into the methods of negotiators, 
but it uses its knowledge only when it's needed. I like the little lecture on eye language. Okay. And the direction, direction by F. Gary Gray is disciplined, taught, and smart. When he touches a base, he's confident enough to keep on running instead of jumping up and down on it like a lot of directors would. Kevin Spacey does that same thing. Little boys, right? <clears throat> er, God, er. I, I'm just wondering if he went after Sam Jackson on that movie. Maybe that's why they had chemistry. <laughs> Sam Jackson never looked like a little boy, though. Very true. No, Kevin Spacey wasn't just little boy. It was young, young men. Not yeah. little boys. Yeah. There's a difference there. Well, I'm not Samuel saying... Samuel Jackson was always an angry old man. <laughs> Can I continue now? <laughs> Try. <clears throat> I don't know a lot about Gray, but I know he has a greater curiosity about the human element than a lot of men who make thrillers. His first film was Friday in 1995. Written by and starring Ice Cube in a character study of two homeboys hanging out in the neighborhood, engaged in intense people watching and dope smoking. His second film, Set It Off in 1996, was about four black women who get involved in a bank robbery and who emerge as touching and convincing characters, vividly seen. Now comes the, the negotiator, which essentially consists of two men talking to one another, intercut with action. It could have dragged, it could have seemed locked into, into sets. It doesn't. Gray makes us care about the characters to share some of Roman's frustration and rage to get involved in the delicate process of negotiations. The plot makes good use of the fact that the Chicago policemen surrounding Danny Roman, who has taken his hostage in a West Wacker Drive high rise, okay, may also be in on the embezzlement. They want him dead. Spacey, as Sabian, is fighting for time before the hotheads send in the SWAT team. Also are quiet passages in which some of the hostages begin to feel sympathy for Danny Roman. Walsh, in one of his last performances before his death earlier that year, is effective at concealing how much he might really know and what his involvement is. But Roman is right in suspecting that his loyalty, his loyal secretary might know where all the secrets are hidden and want to go home to her family in one piece. Yes, there are cliches all through the movie, including the obligatory role of Roman's new wife, played by Regina Taylor, who wants him to stop taking the dangerous assignments. Yes, the TV news crews supply the usual breathless bulletins and obnoxious questions. Yes, the action scenes are unlikely. Roman uses the SWAT team's own percussion bombs against them. But in a confined space, wouldn't the percussion affect him as much as them? But the negotiator works because it takes its conventional story and jacks it up several levels with grace, craft, and style. And because Jackson and Spacey are very good. Much of the movie simply consists of close-ups of the two of them talking. But it's not simply dialogue, because the actors make it more. Invest it with conviction and urgency. Here is one of the year's most skillful thrillers. I almost want to watch that movie. I mean, when they talk about it basically being a bunch of talking heads, I almost felt like it was a Kevin Smith movie for a second. But <laughs> Kevin Smith, Kevin Spacey, they're almost the same person. <laughs> Slap that man in some jorts and you got a movie. <laughs> I remember The Negotiator, and I, I only I probably saw it once or twice all the way through and a couple times partially here and there. I, I remember it being a 
fairly decent movie. Yeah. Three and a half stars worth. I, I mean, I liked it. I, I mean, know. on I a scale of one to five, three and a half is not bad. Not bad at all. Yeah, as long as it's one to five and not one to ten. Close up by the bald spot. <laughs> I never thought Ebert actually reviewed a movie the same way I would, in all honesty. Yeah, I never I never feel like him and I would have the same kind of response to a movie at all. Mm-mm. But people would believe yours over his, so what? People would believe yours over his. He was and always the- he was always and- very negative towards movies that were like, I don't think, he, honestly, in my honest opinion, I don't think he would have enjoyed, like, any of the Marvel movies. For him, I think they would have been too um, CGI-ish. He would have very, I think, I, in my opinion, I think he would have critiqued them very poorly. Yeah, I don't think that would be his thing at all. So well, he, he was old school. He was artistic. He was message. He was, you know... Um, you know, there was a lot of uh, director um, accolades that he was interested in. He didn't, I don't think he liked actors. I don't think he liked flash and action. I mean, just for the sake of flash and action when, you know, I'm, I'm one of those people that like movies just for the flash and the action. Right. If you have, a, you know, a couple of boobs here and there, fuck it, I'm in. <laughs> No boobs in the negotiator. You know, no, but got, it was still an okay movie. I just got done doing a uh, rewatch of the Resident Evil series today. Um, you know, which is is basically the Flash in action. Because um, Avery, you know, my, my daughter wanted to watch them, so we watched them all. And I'd say, yeah, that is Flash in action. And if you count every time Mila Jovovich's boobs were on screen across all six movies, it almost adds up to one set of boobs. So <sighs> I completely agree with you. Fucking love Mila. <laughs> Fuck. Awesome. All right. <laughs> that one's one of my favorite movies. Never seen them. Any of the Resident Evil movies. Really? Yep. Really? Oh, they're fun. He's actually in the movie Dazed and Confused. That I've seen. Did, did you know she was in that? Yes. Because you were like, you didn't say you were just like, what? I thought we were just talking about the Resident Evil movies here, man. <laughs> Come on. I mean, I, that was the first time I ever saw her. And... Mm-hmm. And then you think was dazed and confused. There's a lot of names yeah. that ended up becoming big names after that. Yep. Yeah. So. All right. I think this is a good time to throw it to our commercial break and we'll come back and wrap the show up. What do you say, guys? Sounds like a plan. Sure. Okay. Looking for the hottest new comic on the shelf or a key back issue to complete your run? How about that rare statue or action figure that you've scoured the internet looking for? Come to Collectibles Galore, located in North Syracuse with ample off-street parking. Collectibles Galore has a huge selection of comics, toys, and rare pop culture items you won't find anywhere else. Comics Galore is always buying comics and toys and will give you the fairest price for your collection. New customers get 15% off their first purchase in-store. Collectibles Galore for all of your pop culture needs. Stop in and see for yourself why Collectibles Galore is THE king of comics.
<laughs> All right. Um, so guys, what uh what you streaming? Me, 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 pick me, pick me, pick me. Kevin, go ahead. All right. So the wife and I watched Army of the Dead the other day. And oh, uh nice. It was pretty good. I mean, we really enjoyed it. Um, it's in my mind, it's not your typical zombie movie. I mean, there was a review I read that, and, and actually one that I, uh, I read one and I, and I heard another one. They pretty much said the same thing. They could have left out a particular portion of the movie and it would have been a good, you know, zombie movie in their mind. Um, in, in my mind, I think it was, I think it was, uh, good that they left it in because it made it a little bit different. And, um, I liked, I liked the spin on it, the little twist they had in there. And, um, I'm becoming a fan of Dave Bautista. I, and I really, I never thought I'd find myself saying that because I've known, I've actually known several professional wrestlers, um, who are now in their professional, you know, second, second life careers. And none of them really impressed me. And even the ones that I've seen on TV, they don't, I, I like, I like the rock. I do think he's a, he's pretty cool. I think I like, I like what he's done. I like what he does with his personal life. I like some of the movies he's been in. I, I believe that um, thoroughly believe that uh, fast and furious could have done very well without him um, or Jason Statham. And I love Jason Statham. I watch any Jason Statham movie anytime but they would have been perfectly fine without having those big names in there. But, but um, anyway, no, I, I uh, uh, I'm becoming a, J, uh, a Dave Bautista fan to the point where over the weekend, we, we actually have watched more than a couple Dave Bautista movies. So, I, right. Hugh, you're like, he made more than one. Oh, I know that he was in blade runner. Um, he was in something else too, in a dramatic term. It was, you probably watched it. So, yeah. So, nice um, What's that? Is it a movie called My Spy? We watched that. That's one of the ones we watched. And there was another one um, uh, where he was. Oh, oh, uh, the, the the Sly Stallone did the movies where he breaks out of prison. He's got yes. like three of those now. Yeah. Bautista was in two of them. The second one and the third one. Yeah, I didn't even know there was plan. a second and third one. Yeah, Escape Plan is the name of the movies. The Stallone movies. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah, so I mean, I'm I'm fully I'm fully prepared for Bautista to be in um, Expendables four. I mean, that would make sense. Uh, but anyway, no. So we watched Army of the Dead. Uh, we enjoyed that. Um, it, I, I don't think it's too long. I'm not one of the people that thinks that two and a half hours is too long for that movie. I think it was pretty good. And um, one of the things that I've been watching on my own, I have, Kathy hasn't really gotten into it, my wife, um, is War of the Worlds on uh, AMC+. Plus. I, I think you brought this up it. before. Yeah. yeah. Did I? Did I bring it up yeah. before? Yeah. Yeah. It's, a, it's interesting. Um, different. Um, it's a different. It's a twist on the original, uh, the original storytelling. And and a different uh, a different twist on what you if you remember the the Tom Cruise movie and, and I probably said that before too, yeah. Um, but yeah, it's it's good. It's it's I think it's worth a nod if you if you got an AMC Plus subscription. I should check that one out because that, that's our it's on Prime, right? 
No, AMC so, yeah. Plus. I'm not Amazon. I'm sorry. No, no, wrong so, one. So no, so so you're kind of right because I have my AMC Plus subscription through Prime. So we extended Prime. With the, you can get add-ons, and this is one of the add-ons we got because we got AMC Plus. We also ended up with um, Sundance and Shutter. Shutter. Um, so it's a lot of content. It's a it's a it's a crap ton load of content that's awesome and the, the last thing i want to i want to throw out there is that and a friend of mine noticed this on their um fire tv they have a fire tv at their camp and they have internet service down there they brought up their guide um on fire tv and they have an uh, outdoor antenna digital over the air antenna and the thing that they noticed was they had 130 or 150 or so channels now they do not have cable tv out there and in, in our area we only get about 13 to 15 digital over the air channels so what amazon has done with fire tv and what i've seen done with the roku uh roku guide is that anything that you have that streams that isn't a movie but is a streaming channel will show up on that uh guide your your digital guide oh that's cool right so one of their first statements to me uh, uh yesterday we were down their camp last night um and one of the first statements to me was why are we still paying what we're paying for spectrum and uh, of course my answer to them was well that's what i said to you two years ago <laughs> does does this friend of yours happen to listen to this show is that why you're throwing that out there adam that's not the one no, that's a different guy, but I'm sure he'll tell the other one because we're all friends. So we gotcha. all ride together. <laughs> which is fine. Which is fine. It's it's all it's all it's all good. There you go. It's like finding, you know, a under serviced computer dock in your office. It's fucking guys, I tell you. Underserviced. <clears throat> Isn't that like a theme in your life, Paul? Underserviced, DP'd, I guess, whatever. They all DP. <clears throat> that would be the opposite, wouldn't it? It all depends, I guess. Because it all depends on what's getting underserviced. You, what are you, uh, what are you watching these days? Uh, I caught up on some of the CW shows. I'm trying to finish up. Um, man, Black Lightning really kind of ended with a plop in the bucket. Uh, expected a little more from that. Um, caught up on the flash and like you and i had said before we uh, came on here really weird i'm not yeah. even sure i completely understand what happened at the end of the last episode I mean, i'm one behind oh okay so I, 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 I won't yeah. i won't say anything but i i'm a little confused as to what even happened there uh we did start watching the handmaid's tale um only because uh, I I continue hearing that it's a really good show, but I don't really know anything about it. You know, it's not like my wife read the book or anything. Um, I will say this. I was under the impression that it was a story that took place like, you know, back in colonial times or some shit. Um, no, it's it's present day. And and it doesn't look like that from the trappings, like the, the head right. here and everything. Oh, wow. um, yeah, yeah, that that completely puts a different twist on it. Only two episodes in. Uh, I'm not going to say, hey, this is an awesome show, but so far, nothing wrong with it. Intriguing premise. Um, not quite sure how they can extend it out there in what season four now, I think. But uh, 
seems like an all right show. Uh, I'd be able to give a better assertion, uh, you know, once we've gotten it a little deeper into it. So one of the main characters in that, a woman, uh, she was on um, Mad Men, the the show on AMC. Did you ever? Did you ever get a chance to see Mad Men? Did you ever I've watch any of that? Never no. watched Mad Men. No. It's definitely it's definitely not something. I mean, if you're if you're a sci-fi fantasy, you know, if, if that's that's where your wheelhouse runs, Mad Men is, might not be something that might fit in there. I watched like one episode one time, and the next thing I know, I have watched it from the very beginning. My wife and I got so deeply involved in that show that we absolutely had to see every episode. And when it ended, we sat there with our mouths open, like, what do you mean there's no more? <laughs> I mean, it, it, Mad Men is that good. No if kidding. she is in this show, in Handmaid's Tale, even half of what she was in Mad Men, it, it's got to be awesome. Mm-hmm. I can't wait. I'm like you. I'm like you. I've heard nothing but great things about um, Handmaid's Tale. I just assumed that it, it wasn't my kind of show. It seemed like it was some kind of... I mean, I, I shouldn't say that. I mean... I'm not big. I mean, I like some historical stuff. You know, we watch Out, Outlander and stuff like that, but it's not usually, I usually am in the, the fantasy sci-fi, you know, horror, just like you said. Uh, but yeah, I just continue hearing good stuff about it. And I'm like, you know, there's not a whole lot going on right now. There's not a whole lot on, right. um, you know, I figured out what the hell we'll give it a try. So what's like, what's, what's your like summary of the first couple of episodes? The the idea is that, um, not he's not in the show, but let's say Trump won, you know, the, the the second election, and takes complete control of everything, and we go right back to like a hardcore religious conservative um, the values, and the idea is that um, birth rates have been dropping, most women are barren, and without, now that they have complete control, when they discover a woman that is able to bear children. They are basically put into servitude. They're they're called oh. hand hand handmaids, and the rich and powerful who have their wives, they're married to their wives, but their wives can't have children. They get assigned a handmaid, and their job is to basically, you know, make children with them. Holy I mean, shit. yeah, they're they're basically baby incubators, and they have no choice about it. Um, and you know, I mean, the the show started, and I'd seen, like I said, the head head gear they're wearing and all this stuff and it starts off with these people in a car they're basically being chased she's married she has a kid and they're chasing they're hunting her down to make her a handmaid and they you know, kill her husband and take her her kid away and basically put her into slavery so uh, yeah it, it's it was it immediately took me off guard and that's the story uh I, I, it's it looks like there may be a resistance or something along those lines mm. um but it, it's it's dystopian. It's set in our. I mean, it could be today. You know, it, it's not like you know today or a few years from now. So it's it's as I'm watching it, I'm like, holy shit! You know, we we don't have the birth rate problem, but if we did, we could have just you know barely missed this because that that's basically what it is. You know, taking all rights away from women. Yeah. You know, through political not, not, power. Not for nothing, but the human race could do with a little reduction in birth I, rate. I agree. Worldwide. But, Which is why yeah. it's great news that China is now extending their two children policy to a three child policy. Oh, perfect. Well, how else are they going to take over the world? Well, they're doing that with electronics. 
You just lost a bunch of people anyways. Not that many. Well, COVID, yeah. You know? It all depends on what you believe because they're sure as hell not telling anybody how many people died. Yeah. Information coming out of there was not really forthcoming. Not even close. Is that uh that's what you're watching right now? You got more? Okay. That's it. Corbs. Uh Mike, I'm just continuing watching uh Dark Side of the Ring and uh Dark Side of Football. Oh nice. Uh, And these are all the the weekly documentaries or whatever. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I mean just the Dark Side of the Ring is pretty uh it's pretty cool because it talks about uh two weeks ago they WCW did a show in Korea. Really? Yeah. Like some of the big names didn't go, like Hogan didn't go and stuff, but like Ric Flair went and stuff like that. They did two shows there. But I mean, the way the guys were talking about it when they were there, I mean, it was intense. Like they got off the plane, like they flew to, to China and then they boarded a plane. It basically was a military plane. They said it was like an old rickety plane that these guys were in that they flew from China to South Korea or North Korea. Korea. We'll just say Korea. And um, the moment they landed, they took away their passports. So they couldn't go anywhere. They were assigned an attaché. They couldn't go outside from where they were. Wow. Um, it was like they were basically like prisoners while they were there um it was pretty intense like um a couple of the guys tried to go like uh bischoff put it on or bischoff put it on and he went out for a run without telling his attache and when he came back they're like you could have been killed <laughs> just running through the streets like, yeah, i just looked it up it was north korea okay yeah, it's just it was it was wild the stuff that they had to go through, and they were basically told what to do. Like these guys didn't understand. Like you're coming from a from society where you were pretty much free to do whatever you want. You showed up there, and it was very strict. Um, one of the guys called his wife back home and was complaining about the, the situation there, and they cut his phone call off. Oh yeah, and took him to the police station. And we're basically going to arrest him for talking bad about Korea on the phone. And they threatened to shoot him. Yeah, you can, you can get killed there for, yeah, for just misspeaking. Stuff. Yeah, Yeah, he goes, he goes, it was just the weirdest time ever. They were only there four days. And just, they said when they left, the guys got off the plane in, in China and were kissing the ground when they got it off the plane. Saying, Thank God we're out of there. And, right. You know, it's just, it's, it's wild. And it's, it is, goes down as the, biggest wrestling event ever. It's bigger than WrestleMania. But the people that were there weren't there because they wanted to be there. They were forced to go to, to the Koreans. And the oh. guys couldn't the guys couldn't understand like they were wrestling and you know they were Benoit was there and he was like jumping off the top rope and, and stuff and nobody was saying anything. Like they were just sitting there. They didn't they had no idea what was going on and anything like that. And so somebody asked oh, there's so many people here and one of the guys said, well they're here because they were told to be here for both shows. It wasn't they didn't go because they wanted to go. They went because they were told they needed to be there, which was the craziest thing ever. So 
So that was the two wow. weeks ago, and then last week they talked about the Ultimate Warrior. And, I heard uh, that one was kind of sad. It was sad, um, disturbing too. Um, he pretty much was just a giant dick. Um, like he he knew nothing about the wrestling business. He didn't know how to wrestle. He didn't know any of the moves. The guys hated working with him. They talk about one of the biggest stars of the nineties. Mm-hmm. Nobody wanted to work with him because, um, if you know anything about wrestling nowadays, I mean, back then you didn't know this, but the guys protected each other. Like when you were in a match, you made sure guys didn't get hurt. I mean, they do some pretty, you know, high intensity stuff, jumping off the ropes and all this stuff. But the guys protect each other. He he didn't. He was like, I'm the biggest guy here. You're the smallest guy here. You shouldn't be able to beat me, and you're not going to beat me. I'm going to beat you up, and if you don't like it, tough shit. So um, they, they booked him to be the head of the company. He beat Hogan at WrestleMania 6. And two months later, he dropped the title because he just couldn't get along with anybody. So he gave a list of demands to, to Vince and said, this is what I want. And Vince agreed to it. And then two days later, cut him loose because he didn't show up for SummerSlam. Oh, nice. Yeah, and he basically gave him a you know breach of contract, and he really never wrestled again after that. He wrestled a couple of spot appearances here and there, but for two or three years, he was the biggest name in wrestling, and then he was gone. Yeah, he kind of went off the deep end. He... Oh, he went off the deep end, you know. Um, but he made he did make amends just before he passed away. Yeah, they had him on literally the night before he died. Yeah, well, and they inducted him probably three or four months before that. He got inducted into the wrestling hall of fame and then the night before he died he was on wrestlemania and you know he gave this really touching speech and but you could see from where he was in the 90s to where he was then he looked bad and he knew he wasn't going to live long at the beginning of the his his grandfather lived to about 55 his father lived to like 54 um i think he had a brother that died in his 50s also he knew he wasn't going to live past 50 years old or 60 years old so he you know he did as much as he could in the time he had he you know he did steroids oh yeah it was documented that he did steroids he didn't do drugs but he did obviously did a lot of steroids but he was you know like you said he was on monday night raw gave a nice touch of speed and the next morning was gone yeah so it almost seemed like he knew that his time was up that's what I heard. Like with the speech, like look, li- li- looking back at that speech yep. after the next day, yep. it was almost like he was prophesizing it. Yeah. Yep. So that was, I like that one. There's a, there was also a biography on him that I haven't watched yet. I, I videoed it. Um, <coughs> on, uh, a couple the week weekend before, um, but I haven't watched yet. So I want to watch that to see kind of, the correlation between the two so apparently they're both very different i'm hoping so i'm hoping the the biography is two hours long so i'm hoping it gives more he started out as a bodybuilder and he actually when he was younger was like skinny like a rat like he was tiny he was picked on he was you know and he decided that he wasn't going to be like that anymore so he started working out and he noticed the changes in his body when he was working out and he started working out more and more and then you know he became really big so he decided he wanted to be a professional bodybuilder and started to do that and then he actually when he was working out 
he became friends with Steve Borden. And if you don't know who Steve Borden is, he ends up being Sting in WWE. They were actually really close um, when they were growing up. They're coming up through the like the mid card wrestling areas and areas in the mid south and all that stuff. Um, Sting was actually there, and they were talking about it. Sting wanted to be better, so he was actually coachable. Whereas um, Jim Helwig, which ends up being out of a war, didn't. He just was like, I'm going to do it my way. And if you don't like it, oh shit. So you can see the correlation. Sting became Sting. Mm-hmm. And one of the biggest names in, in professional wrestling is you, you think Hogan, Flair, and Sting. Those are the top three guys that you think of from the 80s and the 90s. So, I mean, Ultimate Warriors in there too, but um, just it, it goes to show you that if you are willing to be taught, you can be a success, but you can also be a success by just being a giant douchebag. Just not forever. True. Right. Be a yeah. success forever. Right. So. So, Paul, your time is numbered. It's always been numbered. <laughs> well, I enjoy watching it. Um, I, I, I do. I watch it every week just to kind of see. There's some some pretty good stuff. There's been some pretty good shows in there. Um, obviously, we talk about Benoit and stuff like that. and killing himself and his family and all this stuff. That was last season. But uh, the new one I'm watching is The Dark Side of Football, which that's pretty, it's pretty wild watching that. Um, I don't know if I talked about it the first week it was on. They were talking about the wide receivers and the prima donnas. I think they were talking about it. They ended up talking a lot about Chad Johnston. He was the biggest prima donna there was. Um, the second week they talked about <laughs> Bill Belichick. Oh. And about what a – like he was just he, – he, he continuously gets caught cheating and they don't do anything about it. Like they're, they're going through and saying, well, he's done this, he does this, he does this, and all he ends up losing his draft picks. And anybody else gets caught doing this stuff, and they would have been long gone. Yeah, long gone. Um, last week's uh, it was pretty cool. Um, Paul, you'll enjoy this one. It was about being, a, about being an Oakland Raider. Oh, boy. You know, just win, baby. Yep. Um, all about how Al Davis took the Raiders from – from nothing when they were in the, in the AFL, they were like the laughing stock. They were like the, the stepchild to the San Francisco 49ers. The Niners were the team in the Bay Area. And then they got the AFL, got Raiders got the AFL franchise. And um, he was kind of like an assistant at that time. But when they moved over to the NFL, he became the head coach there. And he basically took the guys that nobody wanted. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he didn't. He didn't see – anything wrong with at the time i mean there was very few black players in the in the league the raiders had a, a ton of them he didn't you know he went and scouted division two schools and he found guys that you basically you wouldn't have thought about being um in the football league in the national football league oh yeah um, you know and these guys had, were <laughs> morally loose as they put it um they were willing to do just about anything to win. And if it meant cheating, if they got caught, well, did we win? It doesn't really matter. And that's exactly the model they had. If if we were gonna if we cheat to win, and if we win, it doesn't matter. So I mean, you, you name off guys, I mean Lyle Alzado played for them when he was with the Broncos, he was he was a good player, but when he came to the Raiders, he became like a wild man. 
you know, but it, and it, they attributed it to the, to the steroids, you know, but he was, you know, he was out there, you know, uh, you know who Lyle, Lyle Zeta was calling, I mean, obviously, but uh, the other guy to talk about was uh, Romanowski. Yes. He, when he came over, what, um, I mean, he was always the, the short guy. Mm-hmm. He was a guy that had to prove himself. So he was always um, bigger. He was always faster than everybody. He always outworked everybody. The interesting story about Romanowski was when he was with the 49ers, they were in a preseason game, and apparently, I can't remember who it was, uh, some guy, he was getting up from the, you know, he was getting up off the ground, and some guy pushed him from behind. And he didn't get up and do anything. So they were in the film room the next day. And it had, you know, it showed up on film and it happened. And Ronnie Lott stood up and said, stop the tape. And he basically walked up to him and said, if anybody ever does that, does that to you again, I'll fucking kill you. You don't let anybody punk you in this league or you'll be gone. If, if they know that they can punk you, everybody's going to start punking you. And from that day on, he never let that happen. He either on the field or in practice. And in practice, it actually came back to bite him when he was with the Raiders. Um, can't remember the guy's name. It was like Henry Williams or whatever. He was a tight end. He um, pushed him and Romanowski ripped his helmet off and punched him in the face and fractured his orbital bone and his cheekbone. And the guy never, he never played football again. So, I mean, he had a temper, um, mm-hmm. but it's just, it's wild to watch some of these things and, and, and just to see what these guys, these, these guys are doing, you know, the next one they talk about, um, I got to assume it's about like opioids and being able to get yourself on the field, all like the drugs that they were doing um, to keep them playing. So it's interesting to watch these things because you as a fan and me as a fan, you watch it and you think, Oh, that's great. And these guys are out there hitting each other and trying to kill each other, but you don't see what goes on from Monday to Saturday. These guys trying mm-hmm. to get prepared and all that stuff and how they have to go through and get prepared. A lot of these guys play hurt. Oh yeah. You know, well, you know, for a fact, you played touch football. Touch, touch football. (laughs) (laughs) I just, you know, these two, those two shows are are interesting to watch. And I'm glad I've watched them. Uh, I'm hoping they kind of go into other areas, you know, about some of the dark sides of some of the other sports too, even, you know, you know, baseball, football, hockey, stuff like that. So it's pretty fun. So it's, it's two good shows to watch. They're back to back on Thursday nights. Nice. And vice. So mm, back to back. Mm. <laughs> and Kevin, you sound like you're putting a file in someone's Google Drive when you say that. <laughs> Multiple. Go drop those files. Why don't you drop those files, Paul? <laughs> How about I just drop those wisdom nuggets? <laughs> I got one more thing I want to I want to bring up. Sorry. Okay. Um, well, because we don't I don't talk about it much anymore. I mean, we don't talk sports all that much because no offense, there has been many things going on in the sports related field lately. I mean, sports are back now. You got you know basketball, which blah basketball. Um, my sport is baseball. I'm good. My White Sox are at first place. But the thing that's got me kind of irked is uh, the French Open. I don't know if you guys have seen anything about this, but um, number one world in the player, Nomi Osaka, decided to back out. Or She was in the French Open and she withdrew because she doesn't want to talk to the media. 
did read that. I read that in an article today. Yeah, she, she decided she wasn't going to talk to the media. And so the French Open and French Open decided to find her for not talking to the media. Okay. So she decided, well, if that's if that be the case, go fuck yourself. And she walked away. My thing is, now she's getting all this attention for it. The the so the W WTA World Tennis Association is backing, saying it's nice. your right to do that if you want to do that. My thing is, you don't, you wouldn't hear about it as much if it was somebody else. Number one world and the number one ranked player in the world, yeah, that's a big deal. But people back out of these these things all the time for reasons. My question is, is why why is she getting so much attention for this? For not wanting to talk to media, a lot of guys don't talk to the media. Is there something that she has to do? Is it something that she has to be a part of to do that? I don't think she has to. So, a why is why is she getting the attention for backing out? And b why are they making it a big deal if she doesn't want to talk to the media? Maybe she doesn't want to talk to the media. Maybe she doesn't agree with with what they're writing about her. Well, I, I think in in the one in the one thing I read, it said that she was like you said she was fined mm. for saying that she would not yeah talk to the media so it, it i haven't read this anywhere i don't know this for a fact but it it, it occurred to me maybe there's a requirement that okay. they do that and i mean she did say that it was an anxiety issue for her which i i don't know is she trying to bring attention to the fact that you know, there are people that have issues and they shouldn't be forced to do these sorts of things or, I mean, did she just feel the need to, you know, make it public so that, uh, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't really know. So I, I don't know. I just, I, it just, it irritates me that, that, the, that some of these people are using this platform. Now, if she's got, a, if she's got a, a real good reason for not wanting to do that, then that's fine. But it's just, it's irritating that, all these sports figures are using this platform to get their political notions out there or whatever it might be. Uh, I'm all for that. I'm all for these guys talking and standing up for what they believe in, but stop forcing it down my throat. Stop for it. You want to talk about stuff? Fine. But stop trying to make me Follow your for follow your beliefs. If I don't follow your beliefs, that's because I don't follow your beliefs. You know, I, I talk about this all the time with people in politics. You know, uh, I can have a difference of opinion with you. It doesn't mean I don't like you. But if you continue to force it down my throat, guess what? I'm going to not talk to you, or I'm not going to listen to you. So I stopped. That's why I stopped watching basketball. Um, I just I, I can't stand. You know, LeBron James out there bitching about whatever he's bitching about. Or, you know, whatever it might be, I just I, I'm done watching that stuff. You know, I'm gonna watch a, a sport where I don't have to listen to people talk to the media. So I, I watch baseball because you don't talk to anybody during that sport, right? You know, and I, I play golf because you know, to me, the funniest thing about golf this week was um, I don't know if you guys saw this, but Brooks Kepka and Bryson DeChambeau have uh, they're they don't like each other. 
and Bryson DeChambeau walked by Russ Kepka when he was in the middle of an interview. And the eye roll that Kepka gave him was priceless. Right in the middle of the interview. And in the middle of the interview, he goes, he goes, fuck, I don't know what I was talking about anymore. Like, <laughs> on my TV. Because <laughs> he, he he walked by him. He was like, oh, my God, not this jackass. <laughs> so it's pretty funny. Just some of that stuff. That, I don't know if it's they get along and it's just a play that they're doing. But I don't think the two of them actually get get along so it's pretty funny to to see that stuff but i just wanted to bring up the nome nome osaka thing because it really just it irritated me because players back in the, the early days of talking craft and monica Sellis, these guys they they never were like that they always talked to the media and stuff like that so i mean if she's got some anxiety issues okay maybe i'm way outside the lines here or whatever but it's part of the requirement to talk to the media so but if you don't want to do it, you shouldn't be forced to do it either. So stop bringing attention to it. So, Right. Just let it drop and be done with it. Right. <clears throat> don't find her for it or whatever it might be. Just understand her situation and say, okay, fine. If you don't want to do it, then you don't have to do it. If you want to talk to me, fine, go talk to the media. If you don't, go talk to the media today. It's not a big deal to me. So, I don't know. I got off my soapbox now. <laughs> All right. Anything else to add, anybody, before we wrap this up? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Happy Nuggets. All right. So I checked my account balance at the ATM today, and uh, it printed me a coupon for ramen noodles. And on that note, mega movie, bitches. This has been a Geek Pod Network production. production.